Blog Talk Radio. This is Robert Fisher, your host. Tonight I have the very special pleasure of welcoming Jan Kinder to the show. Jan is a licensed RN, a certified music therapist, a credentialed Chopra Center instructor in mind, body, and Ayurveda medicine, and a... uh, a clinician in musical development and a practitioner of sound vibrational medicine. And I can't wait to find out more about sound vibrational medicine, which is one of the things we're going to focus on in our chat tonight. Uh, And while I'm waiting for Jan to call in, um, let me just uh, tell our listeners that I actually uh, had the pleasure of visiting uh, Jan's Center for Health and Well-Being, located in Cooper City, Florida. Uh, I was there for an open house this Sunday, and I believe that's Jan calling in. Let's bring her on the air, shall we? Jan, is that you? I'm here. Is that you, Robert? It certainly is. Good evening, and welcome <laughs> to Monergy Life. Well, good evening. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great after overcoming some technical difficulties earlier in the day that I spoke to you about. I couldn't be happier. And um, <laughs> and uh, you called in at just the, the most opportune time because I just finished giving our listeners a brief introduction into your background. And, you know, I indicated that we're going to spend um, a good part of the next 30 minutes talking about um, Sound vibrational medicine, which totally fascinates me. Uh, Jan, where do you want to begin in terms of how you ended up as a sound vibrational practitioner? Great question. <laughs> um, my upbringing, actually, I come from a medical musical family, and sound and music and medicine and healing is what I grew up with. And it made sense to me that if when you're playing music or listening to sounds, it alters you. And I really went into nursing to explore that alteration and how it changed people. I came out of uh, school with nursing back in the early 70s, and now I just dated myself, didn't I? <laughs> and I thought that medicine was doing this, and I wanted to... Uh, find out why people were drinking bourbon and taking Valium. Valium was the newest drug back then. And people were taking that to relax and to uh, alter how they were feeling. And I went, well, why do they need to do that? Why couldn't they just use some sound and and vibration and music? Because I knew what it felt like. But my, my thinking patterns were a little early on because people didn't know what I was talking about. So I wasn't seen as part of uh, the uh, walking to the beat of everybody else's drum. So I started just to investigate on my own and 
I've uh, and subsequently became a music therapist to start trying to understand this world of sound and music and how it worked with the body. And my studies in Eastern philosophies and my meditations, it kind of all culminated together. I've been like a work in progress my whole life. Oh, and you know, and a wonderful I think, all, I, I think we all are. May I ask you, when did you actually start meditating on a you know, on a on a frequent basis? Well, I learned as a child. Really? Yeah. And my aunt was Buddhist from Thailand. Uh, it was an aunt by marriage. And she was really pretty. She was in Bangkok, so I kind of fell in love with her. And she was a Buddhist, and she taught me meditation as a child would learn. And I just played with it, and I would play with some breathing techniques, the pranayama breathing. And I would play games like Puff Puff, but I learned as a child would learn. And then I just kind of, you know, played with it back and forth. I started yoga when I was 13, and I became a gymnast. So, you know, it was all becoming the contortionist. And I started with going uh, to meditation centers when it was just starting in the early 70s. And I came out of that Shakti Gawain period of time, and she was one of my first teachers. And it just started then, and I've been practicing meditation ever since. Different forms of meditation, um, Buddhist, you know, meditation, Nichiren Shoshu, the Japanese, uh, Jainism, and I settled in with uh, Deepak Chopra in 1994, and I've been practicing the primordial sound meditation. Again, it's been dealing with sound mantras are uh, just sounds you're silently repeating to yourself, and they're the root sounds of nature. So it's still coming back to the same theme that I've been working with my whole life. Right. Now, and I'm very curious, and I'm sure our listeners are too, about the, the particulars of sound vibrational medicine. And I know that you studied with the, one of the uh, the vanguards in the field, someone who actually discovered um, the effects of uh, sound vibration on the human body. And what was that gentleman's name? He was a Frenchman, wasn't he? Oh, Fabien Maman. Uh, Fabien Maman uh, actually just proved... Um, what everybody was thinking, but he showed how it really uh, worked. Uh, he did an experiment way back in 1981 um, in France in a biology lab with uh, Helen Grimmel, um, a biologist and a drummer by night, biologist by day. <laughs> and he started to prove with curling photography um, the auric field of cells and to see how the cells would change under different pitches or different ways of um, introducing sound. Um, and he started to find that the cells altered. And his famous uh, photography, you know, one of the pictures showed this one uh, uh, cell was filled with the resonance of that pitch and changed shape to be like a mandala, which showed that that cell had its own consciousness. So this was the revolutionary research that happened that Fabian Lamont proved that cells have consciousness. And years later, we really started to adopt that more and more. People are talking nowadays about cellular memory. Well, this all came out of his experiment that he did, and subsequently he became an acupuncturist after that. He was already a musician, and then he wanted to go and find how to really work with the human body. And he looked at the tones and the five-note uh, scale and then developed from that um, 
a whole tr- uh, chromatic, the 12 tones of the chromatic scale in music, and he wanted to connect that with the 12 main acupuncture meridians and the organs in the body. And his system is quite sophisticated and fabulous, actually. <laughs> it's just wonderful. So what he's doing is now uh, working with, uh, and what we do is work with the sound, we work with light, color, and the smell of color, all of these to be worked as tools together to create a change. And we're working with the subtle energy of the body, the subtle anatomy of the body. Now, are you talking about the ethereal energy as well as the other? Yes, the etheric, the astral, and the mental bodies. And so the astral level is your emotional level, and that's in your energy bodies that are outside of the physical realm. And that's, you know, where the sound is working with because our sounds that we hear and uh, affect us emotionally. And then on the mental level, because when we're looking at color, that's working with the color level, we see colors, it's our mind going. You know, you go in the closet in the morning, you look with your eyes, okay, what color do I want to wear today? Because intuitively you know what color you need for healing at the moment. Right. I know you and I discussed this briefly when I came to the center and in our conversations, but, you know, I've come to the conclusion that every, I would say, 99% of the physical problems that we encounter as humans originate on an emotional plane and probably originate in the ethereal um, level before they manifest in the physical Mm -hmm. body. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not something I was even aware of two years ago. Um, well, it I, comes out of a lot of Richard Gerber's work. Um, I was just going to mention medicine. <laughs> You were going to talk just, about him? Yeah. I was just going to mention him to our listeners and the book Vibration for Medicine, which is about 600 pages but worth reading. Uh, I read that over this past summer. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, I had heard the term ethereal energy um, when I was taking yoga because I practiced kundalini yoga and there was some oblique reference to the ethereal energy body but until I read Richard Gerber's book and I saw how it was all connected I really wasn't aware as to how important that was and you know let's be frank about this this is the vanguard of medicine we're talking about what we're talking about in this show is not widely accepted by the medical establishment let's make that clear but but as far as i'm concerned and i think you would agree with this it's definitely the place that medicine is heading and understanding emotions understanding balance as um an indicator of our physical well-being is I think, a direction that a lot of people are going in. And hopefully the show is going to push people in that direction and open their mind to at least think about these things. Yes, and uh, Richard Gerber is a medical doctor, so um, that that's a difference unto itself. Um, and in Western medicine, we do make reference to the Gerber model, as we call it. So it is being recognized slowly, and some may not recognize that they're recognizing it. Um, It's the understanding that human beings are just energy. And then when one realizes that, uh, one starts to see and have a different comprehension of what health and disease is. And this is what the level that we're working at, um, that we're just energetic fields. And we we need to work with the subtle bodies to dissolve 
negative energetic patterns in the body, all disease begins in the subtle energy body. And then if we don't clear that body or those bodies, then it enters into the physical realm and then solidifies and crystallizes in the body in such things like, I have this lump in my back. Can you kind of go work it out with a little massage or... Uh, I've got this, you know, lump over here for something. I've got this bellyache here. I'm having a problem here. So then it takes on a physical form. So if we can clear and keep the energetic bodies open, we're, we're working in the right direction. Many physicians now are seeing that the path in medicine in the future will be with sound, color, and light therapy, in particular sound and light therapy. We're already working with sound healing. We've never stopped, by the way, in Western medicine. When we have a sports injury, you have an ultrasound treatment. You know, that little silver you know, yes. uh, instrument that starts rubbing an area. What is that? But vibration. So we've been doing vibrational medicine right on along in Western medicine, but it's not what we would, you know, actually see and call it to be vibrational medicine. Right. Another let thing, me, hospitals are changing over. We don't yeah, use white in hospitals anymore. Right. Let me just add to what you said that not only, uh, you know, it seems as though you're in agreement with me that most physical problems originate in the subtle energies, called either the ethereal, the asterisk, or one of the other bodies that surround us of energy. But what I find um, fascinating, taking this all the way, um, now let's assume somebody has a physical problem that's manifested in the body. We can go to the ethereal energy to cure, to reverse that process without necessarily cutting and medicating. That, I think, is where the challenge lies as well, not only preventing things from manifesting the physical body, but it is entirely possible since basically the, phys- the physical body is energy and, and it's malleable. It is not fixed. So, therefore, in theory and I think in practice, one should be able to reverse any physical problem by dealing with the origins of it. And when we're dealing with that, we have to look at the person that we're talking about. Um, You need to have certain faiths in the process um, to say just blankedly that someone can reverse it is not 100% accurate in the sense that the person has to believe in it and make changes in their life. Yes. um, And it depends on... You know, their belief system has to embrace that, and then it's 100% possible. Without it, it's not going to work. Anything is possible. And, you know, that's, you know, when you talk to a weapon trained individual and having um, to uh, have it explained of what is spontaneous uh, miracles uh, happen, they're the unexplainable. And, we don't know how, and no one can explain it, really. And so do, well, do we add, you know, oh, it's this? It's I questionable. Think the problem, I think the problem with a lot of Western thinkers, Western practitioners, is that they need a scientific, a so-called scientific explanation for when things happen. I will never forget reading an article about 10 years ago in the New York Times about a woman who was diagnosed with cancer. And instead of... Uh, succumbing to all kinds of chemotherapy. Do you know what this woman did? 
she decided to check into a five-star hotel in Switzerland for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, she was cured of cancer. And nobody could figure out how she did it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but, but I can. I can intuitively know why. Because, you know, when somebody is so-called sick in this country, people treat them like a victim, like there's something wrong with them. But if you go to a, an environment that's life-affirming, it's the exact opposite of going into a hospital and getting horrible chemotherapy treatment. It is totally life-affirming. And I can understand how that energy could cure somebody because I really believe that all diseases are self-created in the mind, and cancer is no exception. So, well, we have I, a famous we have a famous in Western medicine a famous um, study that was done, and they took surgical patients, and half of them had a room facing the parking lot, and half of them had a room facing the park. Guess who healed quickly and much quicker than the other half? Right. The ones facing so, Right. So they realize, so, oh, there is something to the energy of what you're taking in through the eyes. Uh, we're getting, you know, as I said, even in uh, patients' rooms, we have color in the rooms now. You can walk through uh, hallways of hospitals and hear um, relaxing music happening. Hospitals are now having people coming in, doing Reiki on them, and all wonderful stuff. It's slowly shifting. You know, there's a hospital. Um, hospitals are now using... Um, uh, sound waves to break up kidney stones in lieu of surgery. Mm-hmm. No, I. So it, it's happening. Yeah, it, it's being recognized. You know the energy. You know that the, the energy makes a difference of what's right. happening in the body. It is right. And you know, not only that, but you know, for the people listening to this show, they may or not may or may not embrace some of the things that you and I are in accord on. But let me just say this. As a precautionary note to anyone listening, be careful the energy you project on other people because that energy is going to have an effect on their physical body. That's for sure. So, you know, we as human, as conscious human beings, we have an obligation to understand that. And even if we're not really sure that we believe, you know, this thing about energy totally, you can make a difference in someone's life by what you say to them, by the by the energy that you project onto other people. What often and the words mind, that you use. Absolutely. What often comes to mind to me is there are so many examples, I'm sure, of people we know who were told in grade school that they were stupid. They were repeatedly told they were stupid. And, of course, they ended up believing it. They could have been geniuses. But for whatever reason, people gave them that energy that was projected on them, and they grew up believing that they were stupid because of that. Because, because unless you, are, you can consciously detach from what's projected onto you, we're like sponges. We, we are basically composed of water, and we absorb what's projected onto us unless we're vibrating at a very high level and we can understand that the person saying these things is just talking through their filter system and they don't really that's not really something that we have to recognize as being true but for many people they take it as true when something is projected onto them and so it's a very very I think um, it's something that all of us could be more aware of the things we say to other people like you said the words that we choose to project onto another human being because it has an impact there's an energy impact from everything you say, as well as all the things you think. Mhm. Mhm. 
I was going to mention something when you said earlier about uh, altering the course of um, someone's illness. Uh, Norman Cousins, The Anatomy of an Illness, which is a fabulous book of how he used laughter to heal himself and what he did and how he did it. So that's all I'll say because I should have you read, you know, your listeners here that go read the book. It's quite fascinating um, right. how he changed and altered his 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 uh, course of treatment, and he's okay. Well, you know, believe it or not, we only have ten minutes left to the show, and in the remaining ten minutes, I'd like to get into some of the details of what you do as a sound vibrational practitioner, like how you use the tones, the chakras, the different colors. Can you give our listeners some idea as to the actual particulars and mechanics of how it works? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we start with the premise that, you know, um, we start with the source of white light. It's that vibratory link from the start of the cell, and that may seem a little esoteric, but this is just science now. That light just transposes into color, color turns into sound, sound turns into the energy, and the energy turns into the cells and the DNA of the body. So when we know that from the science, I'm still a nurse, so I'm still science-oriented too. Um, it's how the two worlds, you know, meld together. And what we would do in a session uh, is take the 12 pulses, you know, the body organs, and to find out what the energetic functioning of those organs, you know, are at the moment, and then do a scanning on the etheric bodies, uh, on the etheric level, astral level, mental body, which are your subtle bodies, or we call in Western medicine subtle anatomy, and to see where you're hot, cold, sticky, what's happening in your energetic field. And this isn't any kind of voodoo or anything like that. Anybody can do this if they just pay attention. If you just take your hand and scan it over your own body in the palm of your hand, and if you're just not distracted, if you're really just kind of feeling in the palm of your hand, you find where there's hot and cold spots. It may be a little sticky. And that's what we're doing is we're doing it as a diagnostic. We're not changing anybody's energetic field. It's just for diagnostic purposes. And we're getting an energetic pattern diagnosis. And then your body says what you're needing because no two treatments are alike. And then we start uh, with using sound, color, and light, and as I said, the smell of color. And we're using the tuning forks, and we use stainless steel tuning forks and tuned it to A220, which is one octave below that middle C and made for the body. And um, we put them on the different acupuncture command points. We're working with the meridians. We're working the skeletal system, the uh, nervous system, the organs. And then we're also working in the etheric, the subtle bodies, worked with the sound, color, and light. And depending on what the person needs is what treatment they get. And every, as I said, every treatment is different. And the vibration, the sound and color vibrational healing uh, balances the nervous system, the chakras, the energetic pathways. Most importantly, it dissolves the blockages that are in the subtle energy fields. We must keep the blockages clear and, and clear them to create that resonance in the body. And the body needs to do what it does best, which is heal itself. So we have to get out of the way. And these blocks need to be cleared so the physical organism can heal itself. So May I ask you something like which, mm-hmm. um, uh, first of all, how often does somebody need to have this treatment and what particular physical ailments seem most receptive to this type of treatment? 
We say to have it at least um, every season change because the body does the, does a change every season. You know, you, your cosmic body is the same as your human body. You're not separate from nature. So when the seasons change, the environment changes, you, you have subtle shifts happening in the body also. Um, if there is a particular condition or a situation we're working with, you may need to be seen a couple of times and then get put on this uh, kind of a checkup system. Uh, Things that uh, people would come for, fibromyalgia, any kind of back injuries, uh, neck pain, uh, stress, great for stress. Because what we're working with is the body goes into a deep relaxation instantaneously, and but the cells become very vibrant. They're alive. And, but it's not like a hyper alive. You just feel really just clear and on. And the emotions kind of stabilize out. And the spiritual side on that level there's an inner peace feeling that most people have never felt before. There's a slight euphoria. You feel connected to everything around you. You feel that you're larger, that you're, and your subtle bodies have expanded. And, but you're feeling very grounded at the same time, very solid on the ground. That's the beauty of this work. You're in this body, but you've expanded your spiritual bodies. So it's very, very and what it also does is relieves any kind of stress or anxiety, decreases blood pressure, heart rate. Um, it goes into a, a deep state of just inner peace and awakening and awareness. And it helps you connect with your higher self. Um, Fabian's Academy is known as Tomado, which means the way of the soul. And we're putting the soul back into medicine. There are many physicians uh, looking at this to put this back into medicine, and this is what we're doing. Let me ask you something. What type of effect does this have on different cancers, or haven't you tried it with people that have cancer? I have. I've had I've had uh, people, you know, that have been, you know, diagnosed with cancer. Um, depends what stage they're coming in with and what they're needing and where they want to take it. Uh, because I am a board-certified holistic nurse, I work in partnership with my clients and my patients. And uh, I don't tell them what to do. I honor their path and support that path. So I want to preface it with that. And I would work a lot with the color if they're in their latter stages, so they have a uh, transition that is quite beautiful, actually. Uh, Fabian did research on cancer uh, cells, and he did show how cancer cells could be uh, explode right into the black hole. What does that it's mean? One part of his, it's part of his, where they just, just it breaks the wall. It, the dissonance that we create in the body, and that certain because everything has to be done musically correct in the body. Right. So, so it's not just arbitrarily. Right. Everything is a vibration. Everything, including diseases, there are different vibrations. Yes, different vibrations. That's the master of his work. Is where is A sharp? Where is E in the body? Which organ resonates that? Which one? Is, which meridian has which tones to it? And then having the dissonance be created in the body to break up and to kill the cancer cells, break the wall of the cancer cells. So then you can harmonize the energetic field. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. But it's wow. very uh, out there work and it gets a lot of medical people and, uh, you know, allopathic medical people very um, leery and upset <laughs> with what's happening. So, um, well, it you know, threatens not, their model of illness, for one thing. 
you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it, it threatens the whole power that a lot of medical practitioners think they have over patients. Like they're the gods and they know all. Patients know nothing and have no healing power. That's normal modality. People go to doctors and and, and think that doctors are going to cure them when in reality they have the power to cure themselves, but they need guidance to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's all and reversed. He, he proved, and, and he proved all of this with the curling photography. So he showed it how it was happening sometimes in 11 minutes, 21 minutes. So it's quite fascinating. I'm still in awe of this work. I will always be in awe of it. It humbles you to realize that we think we're in control of everything. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm just curious about Samia now. Oh, we have 90 seconds left. It's way too short. But I'm just curious about him personally. We really didn't talk about him personally. Uh, is he somebody who has avoided getting major illness with this knowledge himself? Has he been able to I avoid it? I don't know him to be sick at all. And he's 70 years old. So um, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And I don't know him to have any illnesses whatsoever. Okay. I was just curious. Uh, that's, that's the answer. Uh, He's I a fascinating know. man. I, if you, if, if they, your uh, listeners want to go to Tamado, T-A-M-A hyphen D-O dot com, you can read his research and see some of this curly photography. Again, that's www.t as in Tom, A as in Apple, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, hyphen D as in David, O as in Oscar dot com. Perfect. Uh, in the last few seconds, first of all, I want to thank you, Jan, for being on the show. We we have to do it again in the next couple of months because we barely scratched the surface of the topic that should be on everyone's top list of, of learning more about because, you know, who doesn't want to know how to heal themselves? What human being alive would not want to have the information available to them so they could take care of and stay healthy. Jan, it's been a pleasure having you on Mother's Thank Life. You. Thank you so much. I, I, I did as well. Thank you to all our listeners, and good night. Thank you for and listening. I hope, and I hope you have a great evening, everybody. Thanks again, Jan. Good night, everybody.